0: Guys, I'm here with director Timothy Stevens. His current project, *The Ghost Lights*, is going to be out. We are what is today? Today is the 15th. It's coming out August 26th on digital, and on the Terror Films channel, September 2nd, and *Kings of Horror* on September 9th, which will be here before we know it.
1: Yeah, 11 days. So excited!
0: I can't believe we're halfway through August already. Uh, All right. The closer I don't know where you're at, but I'm in Florida and the closer we get to where it's not deathly hot, the happier I am.
1: So. Oh, God, it was uh literally last week because I'm in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. It was um, i was 112 um, and that was the actual temperature that feels like was like 118 and it, it actually hurt to go outside and it's it's times like that when I question why I'm living in Texas. But you know, <laughs> yeah. um there's a lot of there's a lot to love about Texas. Uh DFW has a lot of smog, so it's a particularly like a high temperature part of well, the state. So <laughs> not, to,
0: not to get off on meteorology, but doesn't like smog trap the heat or something. Yeah. Like?
1: Yeah, oh. something like that. Yeah. I mean it's it's huge. You know, the uh, we actually taught we referenced this in the ghost lights. Um, you know, DFW Airport is uh bigger than Manhattan. Wow. The just the airport, just the property that it that entails is bigger than the island of Manhattan. So <laughs> um, you know, like yeah, it's a it's a huge place. Um And uh, that that definitely comes out in the story. We can talk about that, but you know, it's this story could only be told in in Texas. You know, to where a main character travels nearly 700 miles in one direction is still in the same state, right? So um, it's a it's a state of big things, of scale, of space. You know.
0: And, and that also Texas uh, lends itself to having that metropolitan area where your lead character, Alex, is a journalist. And then, like you said, 700 miles into the middle of nowhere and to yes. gorgeous, gorgeous landscape. I mean, just dark
1: beautiful so density. beautiful oh my gosh if and if i if i could move anywhere else in the state of texas it would probably be out to west texas you know I, we actually hear we call it far west texas yeah. um you know it's uh it's you know interlingua where we filmed you know you go 20 more miles and it's mexico you know and you know it's the remote part of mexico you know it's the uh the desert um it's a uh, yeah it's it's really it's a beautiful part of the country and it's a it's a part of the country where um you know you kind of feel like you kind of stepped out of time and like strange things could could happen you know
0: absolutely absolutely where where a boulder looks like a monster
1: yes yeah <laughs>
0: Right now in America, I mean, there's a lot of, pardon my French, but there's a lot of shit that's going on. But it honestly is America the Beautiful, just with the different environments and the different landscapes and the fact that you could have um, cold, stark, gray, crashing waves, and then you could have far west Texas, you know, that looks like that, all in this giant United States. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I mean, despite everything, I should say, it really (laughs)
1: America the Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, it's, you know, I went to Terlingua, which which is this ghost town used to be a mining town around the uh, turn of the century up until kind of the 30s is, is sort of when it started to peter out into the 40s. And um, And, you know, I I went there for Day of the Dead, uh, Halloween, then Day of the Dead. And, you know, the cemetery that we show in the film is um, their actual cemetery that's been around for, you know, 150 years, probably. Um, And I was so captivated by the the landscape and and, and the people, too. You know, it's a ghost town, but people live out there. They live out there to get away from everyone. Um, And, you know, it's it's right on the edge of Big Bend National Park, which was is one of the most beautiful parts of the country, you know, and it's, it's kind of unheard of, you know, everyone goes to uh, the other (laughs) national parks and, you know, and, California, and um, you know they want to see the uh, the geysers and and all this, but you know there's there's this whole world out in uh, Big Bend, and um, yeah, and it really that kind of moment of me experiencing this uh, really magical celebration of of life out in uh, Dia de los Muertos in Terlingua was kind of the inspiration for this story. And, you know, as I started to kind of develop ideas, you know, I started integrated the legend of the Marfa lights, which is a real phenomenon that happens out in West Texas. And uh, all that kind of came together to this, uh, this story that eventually became the Ghost Lights.
0: Day of the Dead is the idea or the belief that in that culture that they can be visited by members of their family or loved ones that have passed on, right?
1: correct yeah yeah i mean it, in halloween in general really you know if you go back to the pagan origins of halloween that's that's what it was about it was a time to uh, commune with our our loved ones or or any personality really that you know you are trying to make a uh, connection with um you know, it's funny that you say that that kind of uh, is what belies the story of the ghost lights so, like I, I hadn't really thought of it like that but this idea that you can uh, connect with someone beyond time is something that we're really trying to explore with the uh, the story of this film as well. You know, it is, you know, I, I talk a lot about this film like it's a, uh, a really, I mean, it's a drama in a lot of ways, but it's also a horror. So I, I like to focus on like the the heady like philosophical stuff, but it is a, a horror sci-fi thriller, so that fun element is there. But you know, beneath it, there is right. this this uh, theme of connection.
0: Just a quick synopsis. You have this journalist who's under the gun, so to speak, to get a story, any story, mm-hmm. but she can't focus on that because she needs to go and wrap up the loose ends after her uh, the loss of her father, which ironically drops this story of a lifetime into her lap. And it sends her on this mini quest, like you said, hundreds mm-hmm. of miles across state, just led by the sound of his voice on this tape telling the story of this place where these ghost lights are. And ghost lights in general, just, it made me look it up. It made me look it up. <laughs> because I was like. It's so a whole what? thing.
1: It's a whole thing. It you is.
0: Know? You mentioned the Marfa lights. Um, and it, I thought, what I thought was kind of cool was they also um, used to call them or refer to them, and they probably still do in other uh, areas, other cultures, but Will-o-the-Wisps, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Brave, the Disney film Brave misled you because in that film, it was like come with us merida we'll lead you to your destiny but really <laughs> really the will of the wisps from they're the trying
1: story. to they're trying to kill you yes you they're
0: literally <laughs> they're leading you but they're yeah. your doom <laughs> yes
1: yeah you, know,
0: you mentioned halloween that also fits in with the ghost lights and the will of, will of the wisp that's a tough thing to say with jack-o'-lanterns and they used to carve turnips and
1: mm-hmm. put Right in Ireland, Mm
0: -hmm. ties in together. So, you do have that historical supernatural meshing up, but an actual phenomenon as well. But you took it a step further and you brought, like you said, this story of Alex not just acknowledging her loss, but like embracing it and accepting it because she didn't, I don't think she really was dealing with it at the beginning of the story. It was kind of just like a pain in the ass. I got to go clear out dad's house. But like you said, it's not a, it's not a, a, this major deep think piece. It's kind of sneaky. The story is there. She is changing and and learning and going through some things, but it it is sneaky. I thought just personally, because you're like, what is she going to find? And then you've, oh my God, the way you did the flashbacks and like the black and white to differentiate them. I thought that was so cool.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you
0: but you did you you slipped in this whole like life lesson for Alex as she's like traveling and pursuing and perhaps spoiler alert being pursued by a very creepy dude.
1: Mm. I will take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I play the creepy dude. Uh, just that's not a spoiler there. That was uh a fun fun role I uh, threw myself into. But yeah.
0: Well I I wrote down I put running after her like some robert patrick terminator shit because when she busts out of the hotel escaping through the window because you know why not um you're doing that whole
1: right Right. behind. yeah like you think you know the the man in black might actually be able to catch her you know um yeah yeah that's you know um all of this is really drawing on you know i and in, 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 in really the what happens to Alex is kind of what happens to me with uh, the research that I I put into these things is that they become kind of magnetic in a way to where I become obsessed with them. And I dive down, you know, deep rabbit holes, you know, to, uh, you know, to uncover details and to to build the story, you know, or the world around the story. And, um and you know that's something I, I definitely did for this. You know, the the ghost lights out in out in Marfa actually spoke to some individuals in real life that said they had some very close encounters with these things. You know, and most of the time, like if you went to Marfa, hung out for a couple of days, you might see the lights. You'll see them a mile or so out. It's kind of hard to tell distance, but they're little twinkling lights that shouldn't be there basically because there's no buildings or traffic or uh, anything like that. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but this guy I spoke to said that he saw it face to face and it was traumatic to him. Um, and, you know, and, and he started telling me stories about the men in black, um, which are not the fun thing that you hear about in the, uh, the franchise, right? Like they are these, possibly inhuman uh things that are impersonating people and they they show up after ufo sightings and they shake you down and threaten you and try to put you into silence or maybe they make you disappear or they wipe your memory and it's not it's not fun you know and this guy i spoke to said that they came to him and uh you know and and i i don't want to tell his whole story because that's that's a sidetrack but it was it was very scary to him and and I I kind of believe him because he didn't want to tell me these things. Like it was very hesitant, and that leads a lot of credibility to me. So I don't know what he experienced. He experienced something. And um, you that ultimately became a lot of the inspiration for this story is you know, what could these things be? What are ghost lights? Um if you had a close encounter with them, um what is it? What would that experience be like? Probably not good, Um, at least in the the short term. Um, And then, you know, but then then also, you know, what is the uh, what's the energy behind this? And it's it's an element of obsession, I think, that can kind of happen with these sorts of subjects. Um, So that's that's kind of what's happening to Alex. She's been hooked by this uh magnetic force you know she's been pulled into the uh um the gravity of a a a dark star that she can't get away from um and uh yeah so that's that's sort of you know and that kind of reflects my own experience as a filmmaker with these sorts of things i sort of get wrapped up and obsessed and pulled and you know and it sort of takes over and becomes uh almost like something else is like uh driving the car right and I'm just along for the ride typing furiously trying to keep up right
0: <laughs> well you're you know what you're right because I mean it if you believe or if you accept that something like ghost lights or um alien visitation or if you accept things of that supernatural sci fi type thing if you accept that they happen you have to Expect that there's gonna be some sort of little organization, whether it's humans, whether it's aliens,
1: whether <laughs> right? It,
0: that come behind and make sure everything's like we cool. Oh, this guy's freaking out. Hold on, we gotta wipe his memory. This, yeah,
1: this is, maybe
0: Bill. She thinks it's cool. She's gonna open up a t-shirt shop. You know, <laughs> you have to you have to expect if you're gonna accept the. I don't want to say ridiculousness because it's not ridiculous to me personally and to other believers
1: well it's, it's um out. it feels yeah. ridiculous certainly yeah you know but,
0: yeah. have to think everything everything has a bureaucratic nonsense behind it so <laughs> course, there's an organization that goes behind and makes make sure everything's cool you know
1: yeah you know i don't know and you know all of that you know the men in black stuff that um It started in the 40s, uh, in a, I think it was like the year right before, um, Roswell happened. It happened up in the Northeast or Northwest in Washington state, I believe, um, and you know that the when it really came into the zeitgeist was with the Mothman prophecies, which they eventually made a film out of. And they they don't talk about the Men in Black much in the film adaptation, but if you read the book, they talk all about it. And you know the uh, you know I used to think that uh, you know if any of this stuff is real, the scariest thing out there was like ghosts and poltergeists and demons. know if those are exist that's terrifying but i think the men in black are probably the scariest thing out there um mostly because they seem to have no agenda uh their agenda is to show up and scare you um that's why they exist you know um and it's and it's malicious it's malevolent um and you know, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not sure I believe in these things, but, you know, as a filmmaker, I have to, like, for the sake of the story, right, sit back and go, well, it could exist. If it did, that's terrifying. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, you know what? You might not believe in them, but they believe in you.
1: <laughs> I know, right? It's a... Uh, yeah, if you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back. Whatever the, the phrase is, um, so
0: <laughs> that's so strange to me and so cool that probably some some uh, screenwriter somewhere along the way heard, read, or heard the same story that you did, and made this bazillion dollar franchise, which turned out to be more comedy sci-fi. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. And if there truly are Men in Black somewhere, they're going
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> right.
0: You if know, they different.
1: even if they even care you know i I also get the sense like if you really read i mean like man read the mothman prophecies um if you if you suspend your disbelief and read it as nonfiction like the author is asking you to um then then they don't care you know their yeah. their focus is chaos you know um so they probably don't you know they don't they don't give a damn about the uh franchise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I just think it's funny. It's funny to th- think about, you know, the yeah, middle black probably- sitting back watching uh Will Smith <laughs> going.
0: <laughs> probably don't have Amazon Prime or anything like that either. So,
1: mm, yeah, no, so, probably not.
0: I've seen the film, but I haven't read the book. I'm going to put that on my on my to be read list because it sounds it. Well, it sounds like I need to read it with the lights on. First off,
1: oh, and- you should. You should. It's spooky, but it's.
0: Like something right up my alley. I was going to, going back really quick, uh, you sent Alex out to this ghost town abandoned mine. And I was about to say, is there anything spookier than like the concept of an abandoned mine? Because they can collapse on you at any moment, first of all. That's my personal fear. And then, i'm like is there anything creepier and then you mentioned the men in black and i'm like oh never mind there is
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah put them together good good combination
0: but alex she she was freaked out the character alex was freaked out but she didn't stop she kept going Mm -hmm. and because this to me it was like because this was her way of honoring her father I don't know necessarily that she was like finishing his work or just more like trying to be along his journey kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But- yeah. And I, I think, you know, at um, Lisa, what, what I was kind of trying to do is, you know, she falls into step with her own father in his obsession around the story. And um, at some point, you know, they're both asking themselves, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I have no choice at this point. I'm, you know, the thing itself is pulling me towards it, you know. Um, so I, I think that's also what's, what's happening. And you know, there again, it kind of reflects, you know, what, us crazy writers uh get into to you know uh finishing a screenplay uh yeah in books I imagine are even more of a monumental task I'm I'm definitely not a uh, uh a novel writer but um it's so hard to finish a script it's so hard to finish a movie if there's not something in it that's got a hook in your gut and is like dragging you for dear life, then you're probably not going to finish. And, you know, and I, there's plenty of things that if it doesn't hook me from the start, I let it go because I know I'm not going to finish, you know? Um, so I have to find that thing that's going to obsess me. And, and I think, you know, Alex is a writer, she's a journalist and uh, you know, her father is a writer and a journalist and they're both being, you know, uh, drug you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I, I think I even put that in uh, a little monologue from kind of a reflective monologue from Arthur, her father, that it's got him like a hook in his gut. That's how it feels, you know, that's painful too, right? You know, it's not always a, a pleasant experience getting drawn down this obsession and this, uh, you know, inspiration can be painful as well, <laughs> you know
0: you go from wanting to do it to having to do it
1: yeah because so, you have no choice yeah it's it's beyond you at that point okay
0: and i don't want to say anything that spoils it so i just i'm gonna say i absolutely loved um alex's character having her shall we say jodie foster moment at the end
1: oh okay yeah yeah cool yes <laughs> you know, <but> I, <laughs> yeah I, cool that's <laughs>
0: Cool, because up to the up to that part, I was kind of like, I had the foreboding. I had the, is she gonna make it before your creepy dude (laughs) catches up with her? You know, I was like, oh, 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 oh. why is she just sitting there eating? Go, girl, go! So (laughs) then you have a tender moment, a sweet, beautiful tender moment, and then people got to watch to find out what happens. But then you have the "Uh uh-uh that happens, and it's like, what? what just happened? Hold on.
1: (laughs) Well, and, you know, personally, I love uh, some of my, my favorite films recently. Um, You know, just name a few like The Witch by Robert Eggers or Hereditary uh, by Ari Aster. Um, Both of those films are very slow all the way through, especially The Witch. Um, And then in the last five minutes, they ramp up to hundred miles an hour and, um, and and it's quick it's like it's from here to here out of nowhere um, until suddenly people are literally like flying through the air and you know uh, being zapped into various planes planes of existence and um, and then they end completely ambiguously to where you have no definite clue exactly what went down and I think both of those films end in a very like Uh, inexplicable way, you know, at least it doesn't tell you, you know, exactly what it is, you kind of have to sit there and go, what the hell just happened? Um, (laughs) And I I definitely tried to do that in in this film, you know, I I will, it's no spoilers to say that you do not get an answer at the end of the film. Um, But, you know, I'm a firm believer that you know, like a book, um, films can be interactive in so much as, you know, Europe, uh, you know, a viewer is a participant in a experience in a storytelling experience. And, you know, when you when you sit and listen to someone telling a story verbally, um, you complete 50% of that experience by picturing, you what they're saying um and in the same way by watching a movie i think a good film doesn't give you everything and ask you to give something back to it um whether it's imaginative or intellectual or you know something like that um so you know uh, whether we accomplish our goal or not that's definitely like what uh what we're striving to do with uh, the ghost lights is to kind of create a uh participatory experience
0: Rip that word right out of my head
1: oh yeah <laughs> participatory it's a mouthful
0: it is well here's the thing the ending is ambiguous but it's not so ambiguous that you're like wtf like you're not mad about it
1: okay good good you know i mean i've been mad at the end of films before so <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely i got prematurely mad because we watched uh everything everywhere all at once oh yeah and i thought it was over and I was like, what the fuck, what? <laughs> started, started up this, the, uh, you know, like a new part of the story or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, my bad, my bad.
1: Gotcha, but right.
0: I have been that mad at the end of films where I was like, no, no, Dude, you're not gonna roll the credit. You're rolling the credit. You get so angry because it does end, and it's not even ambiguous. It's just like, like they ran out of money to make the film or something. They sure.
1: just, yeah.
0: you're like furious. And you mentioned The Witch and Hereditary. Um, I haven't seen The Witch, Hereditary. A lot of people hated because of how they were like, it's so slow. There's so much not happening until the end, and it's like, well, they. I feel like they did that on purpose, just to kind of like build it up a lot. But mm-hmm. it, people get mad. I I think a lot of people want like instant gratification or gratification in yeah. general. So, but with your film, like I said, it's it's ambiguous you you don't like present it to the audience like this is what happened I your little babies let me tell you <laughs> no but it's not so like strange or weird or like where the the audience is going
1: yeah so, well good yeah well thank you yeah and we definitely debated over that you know um I I wrote the script probably the quickest I've ever written a script before uh, in only about seven days you know I'll, I'll take months usually to to write a full screenplay but there's a lot of like energy behind getting this done kind of my own existential crisis that sort of uh, fueled all of this and um but when i got to the end you know i i sent a draft to my co-producer john francis mccullough who also plays arthur in the film and i was like should we put an explanation in this and he read it. Then we passed it on to a few more people and we unanimously got, no, you know, leave, leave it a little open-ended. So um, yeah, it was ultimately the the choice we made, you know, but everything's a choice, you know, in a film and you, you kind of like, it's a bit of a gamble. You try your best, but you don't know how people respond to it until they do. So.
0: And you run the risk of even if you put like a teeny little thing, like if her, you had um, like a voiceover of her editor leaving a voicemail. I mean, you couldn't, you can't do anything because right. it tips it off.
1: Yeah. But I just, I just wanted to end cold and, you know, go 100%. Like, you know, the, there's no uh, post log yeah. <laughs> in this film. So a lot of films have post logs where like something happens and then you, you know, like the end of it, right? They defeat it and then there's this nice little like wrap up at the end where we see where all the characters go and you know isn't it happy it's kind of sad blah 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 you know um but like films like the witch and hereditary they they hit the climax and then they go Gretz. um and there is there's no post log which i dig the shit out of i i think that's a lot of fun (laughs) you know feels like a roller coaster when you do it that way you know because it kind of leaves you breathless
0: exactly but sometimes you need that little post slug, personal tmi right here but this household has been sick for the past two days yesterday i wanted to do nothing but lay on the couch and i watched oh no i watched all the transformer movies right nice they did a little quick bit it was like you know because it always ends in is like autobots blah, blah 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 he this heavy speech at the end uh, of it. right. And they did a little tiny one, which was like Sam and Michaela in a cafe or something. Hmm. You know, so nice. but then you go to Final Destination and you think the film is done. And it's like, Phew. oh, at least he survived. <laughs> <laughs> but and then the credits roll, you know, or finish rolling. And it's like, OK, I needed that. But with a film like The Ghost Lights* and and other types of films that end ambiguously or end to to open to interpretation, you don't, you're right. Hit those credits.
1: Yeah. Them- yeah. I mean, because I, I think what it does is we're... You know, we're used to the formula in movies. You know, it's been around long enough that we've, uh, as a society, have kind of absorbed the structure of films and that we have expectations that are subconscious about uh, filmmaking. And, you know, when you subvert that and cut a whole chunk out that people are hoping or subconsciously expecting to be there, you kind of go, oh. And then you you start becoming active again as a filmmaker, or as an audience member. Um, and then hopefully you're thinking about that, because that that's my ultimate goal. You know, I mean, and, you know, maybe it's pretentious, I don't know, but I, I want people to have a different perspective on themselves or their their values or even reality after having experienced a, a story that i've i've written um and you know hopefully for the the good you know hopefully there's some sort of like kind of positive you know uh, um turn that you know you might get out of this you know as the ghost lights is a lot about regret and um you know asking you have you um given every relationship in your life all it needs because it's very temporary you know um you don't know when that will be taken away from you and what can be done at that point you know uh don't die with uh regrets and uh you know so that's you know by kind of taking out that chunk at the end you're sort of left being introspective hopefully not pissed off you know you might some people might be angry i don't know but i i think that's you know that's what Films that I really like do really well is that they change up the uh, the expectations, and you know it's for a purpose. It's not just you know uh, for shits and uh, giggles, right? It's not just because you can. You should right. never do something just because you can. You know you should do it um, with a a purpose in mind. I think
0: right. And to be fair, I'm sure uh, a lot of filmmakers make that intentional choice to end it the way they do. Think or believing in their own creative spirit that that's how the story ends. But audience members, myself included, we get touchy. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what though, to, to speak about the post-log real quick, you have to be careful what you what you sneak in there at the end or in the mid credits, looking at you, Marvel, because you kind of mm-hmm. can shoot yourself in the foot. For instance, going back to the Transformers, there's a little bit at the end of the last one, I think it was 2017, that made it seem like there was going to be another one but guess what
1: right yeah I i mean i think that's often the um the hopes and dreams of the director coming through you know um you know, if you can sneak in a little, like, post-log at the end of credits, um, maybe you'll get a sequel, right? And maybe maybe they'll hire you for the sequel, too. <laughs> you know, that, that's what I felt like at the end of uh, Doctor Strange. You know, they were like, it, it was almost like the writer and the director coming together and saying, hey, if we put this little thing at the end, maybe they'll pull us on for the next one, you know? Um, so, and ultimately, they, they did, right? So, I guess that worked out. But, um, you know, they sometimes... That,
0: is that hubris? something
1: like that. I don't know. You know, is self-preservation. I don't yeah. know. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great. So what, um what is up next for you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the, the ghost lights uh, releases August 26th. And then afterwards uh, on YouTube, we're going to do a couple of live Q and A's on the second and the ninth. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Um, so actually, if you set, uh, you can go to the U- YouTube for terror films and Kings of horror and actually uh, hit the reminder button for that video they've already put up those links and you'll watch the film in real time and then we'll have a Q&A afterwards with the cast and crew which will be really cool um, and then after that we're we're in post-production on a very different film but still kind of genre uh, called Dead Hand which is a action comedy with a lot of martial arts uh, definitely with a uh, large homages to Bruce Lee and, you know, classic uh, martial arts forward filmmaking. Um, so uh, that that is my uh, co-director's film, John Francis McCulley. He's the star and writer and director. And um, so you definitely look out next year for that to come out. Um, and then, you know, apart from that, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on developing my, my next project, um, got to raise some cash for it because uh, it's, uh, significantly more expensive film than, uh, what we've done so far. But, um, I hope it's kind of a, uh, an occult thriller. So it deals with, uh, dark magic and that sort yeah. of thing. So whenever that comes out, you know, um, Maybe maybe we can touch back and uh, talk about that because that's a whole other obsession of mine that has yet to come to the uh, um, the big screen yet. So
0: that sounds great. I was going to ask you if you would come back and talk about it when it's for sure, me- absolutely. Where can people follow you or the film on social media?
1: Yeah, so um, we uh, our film company. It's called Spectrograph Films. S P E C T R O graph Films. Um, and, uh, you know, you could go to our website, spectrographfilms.com. And on the bottom rail, we have a social, uh, but you could also search us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, don't really use Twitter that much. Probably Facebook and Instagram would be the best place to keep in touch. And we should be making um, some kind of uh, incremental announcements about Dead Hand coming soon because we're wrapping up on post production and then of course um you know when the Ghost Lights goes live you know we'll be reposting all of that there and um we hope to have some presences at like various uh horror movie conventions uh Texas Frightmare uh is the one that we're we're gunning for and some other ones um, I'm trying to get on with some like paranormal and like UFO conventions as well um, so Uh, our website and then also our social media would be a great place to check that out over the next probably five six months and uh you know you might have the opportunity to come see us in person and and talk about the movie
0: thank you so much for sure Um, we're a little flustered and we got off topic but you know what that's how we do it here
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you so much
0: welcome have a good one
1: you too Bye.